Gab, brought to you by the Independent Press Award. This is Gabby Olzak, and joining me is Dr. Anna Maria Mihalcha, author of Light Medicine, winner of the 2022 Independent Press Award and the 2021 New York City Big Book Award for Alternative Medicine. So congratulations, Anna, and welcome to The Gab. Thank you so much. Um, so I have to say light medicine was really um, an inspiring read. And especially during this crazy time of COVID, I think that we've all become um, really acutely aware of the importance of mental and physical health. Uh, in your prologue, you said, I did not just want to learn to heal others. I wanted to know how to heal myself and become my dreams. So Dr. Anna, tell us what light medicine is and how it has helped you achieve this. Light medicine is a, uh, is a model to really incorporate the fact that we're divine spiritual being and that uh, our observation bends light into form and that we are affecting our reality, including our reality of health. And that there's very, very broad scientific evidence for this. So I uh, went on a journey of being traditionally trained in, in, in uh, internal medicine. I did a PhD in pathology, but at the same time, I always wanted to find the deeper meaning of life. Why did people really get sick? What happens to us? What is our true spiritual nature and how does that actually interlink with health? And I, um, I throughout my life, went on this journey and uh, studied in many, many countries, many modalities. So not just allopathic medicine, but then um, ended up studying acupuncture in China and uh, studying with uh, psychic healers, with shamans, with um, all kinds of different modalities, became a Reiki master, but always had the sense that I, um, that I didn't know enough and that uh, my questions weren't answered yet. And uh, finally ended up finding Rantha School of Enlightenment, an academy of mind that really uh, brought these answers to me as experiences. So um, Rantha has a school in which it trains people to, to learn uh, about their spiritual nature and how we create reality. And, and I really understood then that uh, how this works, how is it correlated with, for example, quantum physics? How does my emotion uh, affect, uh, you know, physical health, and I ended up healing myself from some devastating illnesses um, and uh, learning much about the modality of, of what uh, light medicine is. So in one teaching of Ramtha, he discussed uh, that uh, basically all things have a light body, and because it's from light that um, they descend into mass and that we human beings are a conglomerate of a neighborhood of diversified light whose harmony is you. When I heard that, I was so uh, enchanted to understand what that means. And uh, the idea of how could I look at medicine from a different perspective that would allow me to address all of this, the mental, the spiritual, the subatomic structure, how do I increase life force in the body? Because that is the light of the body. 
And, uh, and what that actually uh, entails, Jenny, was just a shift in how to look at, for example, molecules uh, and looking at what do we ingest, how do we interact with our, our environment, and what molecules can be used to enhance the light or the electricity in the body. So this is sort of a very broad overview but the idea is, is that how does a spiritual being interact with the physical body and with our environment creating reality? How can we revamp this model of health? Because one of the things that I've certainly learned throughout this COVID crisis is that the medical system is inept to answer many questions, that there is too much corruption, too much... Um, uh, to too much uh, uh, pharmaceutical interests that are suppressing more natural healing ways. And uh, I just needed to find answers here, and I was able to uh, describe this in this book. So that's a broad overview. Yes, that is. And, and you know, you brought up so many things that I want to um, discuss and ask you about. First of all, um, your, your personal journey physically, mentally, and spiritually was really incredible to read about. Um, you describe in your book your journey as a physician to study and introduce a new paradigm of medicine, which you obviously just touched on with us. Um, I, I'd like to know, I'd like to share with our readers specifically what happens in your life uh, and why you decided your life mission was to cure cancer. I know you got a lot of inspiration from your mother, who was also a healer and doctor in Germany. Um, and then it seems to me when you were 13, your trainer, Gabby, had a huge impact, uh, dying of uterine cancer. And was that sort of the turnaround in your life? And um, I'd like you to go into a little bit more about that and the highlights of what brought you as a traditionally trained physician after that journey to explore such new ideas. Yes. So when, um, uh, during that time at age 13, you know, I was so, uh, infatuated with this lady and she, uh, inspired me so much. And then, uh, to hear that, uh, that she was uh, having this devastating disease at a very young age, uterine cancer, and that she passed away. And um, I, uh, I truly suffered from that loss, and I didn't want to let her go. So I would actually go to that graveside and talk to her for years. Uh, and I would promise her that I promised her that I would find a solution to to this issue. And then, um, you know, later in my teenage years, I started working in my mom's office. And then she sent me to people that, uh, uh, that we were familiar with that were close to us who were also dying of cancer. I would take care of them, at, you know, at a young age. And, and this really made me very determined. So I went to medical school at 19 and, and I just uh, blazed through the curriculum. I wanted to get a PhD in, in, uh, in pathology. I wanted to cure cancer. And, uh, uh, but then, it, it, you know, regular medicine just wasn't enough. And so I, I went to, um, to psychic school and then studied with traditional shamans and 
um, was able uh, by meeting one of the Mexican curandero healers who just kind of picked me out of an audience and said that I was going to be really good at this and told me to put my hand under uh, the bottom of a man who had a, a skin cancer on his face and just to focus on, on the energy uh, and do nothing else. And so I was just, you know, yes, ma'am, I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden there's this phenomenal energy, just uh, pure electricity running through me. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened in that moment or whether or not I had passed out or not, but, but, um, but the tumor fell off his face and, um, and uh, the area was healed and there was a piece of tissue uh, laying on the floor. So there were some extraordinary um, experiences that I then had. I met Filipino sur psychic surgeons who just open up the body you know, with a prayer. And uh, so I saw what was available you know, in a completely other realm, a spiritual realm um, uh, to, to us that obviously medicine thinks is complete quackery, but you know, I've seen, I've seen miracles throughout my lifetime and I, I believe in, in miracles because they are real. Well, the accounts um, of your psychic experiences and psychic medical experiences were really amazing to read. Um, and I, I think a lot of us really can understand that struggle between the spiritual and the scientific. I think all of us really struggle a little bit with that. And you're, you're a doctor of internal medicine. Um, how do you think that we need to incorporate the spiritual view of medicine? And how did your spiritual journey help you to understand? And, and how do you really... Um, uh, satisfy the scientist in you with the spiritual side of you? So uh, that's a lot of questions. So it is me, a lot of questions, so, but all very so, related. You know, during during my residency program, I was taking care of a young woman who was also dying of cancer. And um, she, I, I literally, I fell in love with her. I just thought she was this total angel. And she ended up passing away and I was at home in my bed and she appeared at three in the morning at, uh, at the end of my bed. And I just saw her, she smiled at me. And then um, I looked on the, uh, at my clock and it was three in the morning. And so I went at 6 a.m. to round in the hospital and went straight to the nurse and I said, you know, where is Amy? And she said, you know, she passed away um, at 3 a.m. And this was the first time that it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my God, you know, um, first of all, we don't die. She clearly came after her passing to let me know that uh, that she was OK. And uh, and so after that, I had more and more experiences talking to people about uh, you know, the out-of-body experience or near-death experience when they had flatlined and they all described how they had left the body and they were just kind of, you know, observing the scene. They were wondering what was, uh, uh, you know, happening with the commotion in the room. So I realized that we don't die and that the fear of death is an illusion uh, that inhibits us in our own spiritual journey because the ultimate fear that human beings have is the fear of death. You know, 
and a lot of the emotional baggage that we have as our own soul journey, anger, resentment, jealousy, lack, whatever it is, uh, you know, don't just belong to this lifetime, they belong to the spiritual being that we are, and it manifests in the body as in harmony. So there's research, for example, on telomere length, telomeres are, are the capping structures of DNA, and it's been shown that the more depressed or anxious or hateful you are, the shorter the telomeres are, meaning it shortens your life to have um, these, these negative emotions. By the same token, if we change to a loving, harmonious state, uh, the telomere length in our lifespan uh, lengthens and uh, and we actually biophysically in our light field create harmony. And it turns out that all of our molecular structures, the stuff we're made of, is communicating with each other through biophotonic light. And so the really understanding that the, the science that mainstream academia is ignoring, which is biophysics, for example, is uh, and, and quantum physics incorporated into biology and medicine is is it has enough room to incorporate the spiritual for example the 2021 nobel prize nominee for medicine and physiology uh, was the late dr peter Gurayev who developed the uh, linguistics genomes model who showed that our DNA responds. It has a language that is, that is according to our words, we're imprinting and affecting our in own DNA. And that light and sound are also can be used to electromagnetically store uh, the information of our entire being as a hologram. So that is spiritual knowledge. You know, what that means is, is our, our uh, light being, uh, the divine aspect of uh, us is interacting with our own DNA and is, is, is uh, manifesting that. So you can have, and I explain that in my book, certain ailments that are related to emotions. So for example, I was describing that, uh, that I had a lot of fear in my life and I had lifelong asthma, I couldn't breathe. And when I conquered that fear, which was the fear of death uh, in a near death experience, the asthma went away and never came back. And uh, so the manifestation of of the emotional uh, 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 trauma in the, the cellular structure, we can release that and rejuvenate the body. So this is a very important aspect, you know, in medicine, you know, when I have people come to me and, you know, they have heart, heart issues, high blood pressure, etc. there are now, uh, uh, there's technology that can show us directly by measuring electricity in the autonomic nervous system, you know how, how stress is literally affecting your heart rhythm and rate and other abnormalities in your internal organ. And the first thing I do is, you know, instead of grabbing the blood pressure pills, I give them stuff to calm them down and help resolve their, their, uh, their stressful issue. And I invite them to change their outlook 
and then yes absolutely we're medically addressing whatever needs to be addressed in in natural ways or if we have to use you know pharmaceutical medication we will but it is it is amazing to to see how that interaction takes place and then the other thing that is also very important is the nutritional aspect of all things you know i look at the uh, at the body in terms of healing it i'm i really i work on anti-aging age reversal uh it, from the perspective of one cell the cell is like a house if you give it all of the things that it needs to rebuild itself all of the nutrients in the right dosages and then you give it information through uh through things like hormones or peptides you can ask that cell to age reverse itself and that's absolutely proven science and then you create harmony in the body which is peace and uh, uh within the uh, the person itself you help them resolve conflicts in their life and off they go on a journey of healing. So it is all intertwined. There is no separation between the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical. If we look at one science, which is quantum physics, is as soon as we observe a thought, we create matter. And that matter we are wearing as our body. Right. So, I mean, just... just clearly for our readers, it seems to me that if the medical community were to really embrace the principles of light medicine, then the two can definitely live harmoniously together. Absolutely. Every aspect of what we call out of the norm spiritual can be explained. And uh, you know, there is science, for example, Russian science, which I talk about torsion physics, which is uh, there was a, a physicist who described the density of time, all of the, all of the phenomena that we call extraordinary, like psychic phenomena, knowing things, you know that somebody's ill, or being able to non-locally heal someone by, by uh, sending them healing thoughts and keeping them in our focus. All of that can be understood by a new version of physics. It's, uh, and uh, it, this is why I've, uh, I've explained my journey so that people have a basis to understanding why the heck am I talking about so many different aspects of right. science and pulling it together. And, but then the second part of the book is really the, the foundation of very methodically building new paradigms of thought of how do we reverse engineer matter and how can we then change matter to higher vibrational states, which means health in the body. How does that, how does that work? And then all of the documentation that, that allows that scientifically to be um, to be feasible. So the main thing, Gabby, that is difficult is, for example, in medicine, you have a doctor for internal medicine, a cardiologist, uh, an, an ear doctor, an eye doctor, you know, and then nobody talks to, for example, the quantum physicist or the, uh, uh, you know, the, the biophysicist or the geneticist. The, 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 all of the areas are so specialized that there is no common ground, but we need that common ground and look outside of just the, 
the very narrow window of allopathic medicine to find solutions that have been there for a long time and have been suppressed for a long time. Clearly, clearly. And um, you mentioned before that you're a follower of RSE. For readers that don't know what this is, it's the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Um, you maintain in your book that the application of this discipline saved your life, helped cure you of cancer and many other ailments. You mentioned your asthma. Um, and you were in, you were introduced to the Blue Room program, which now um, you work with in your clinic, through your clinic. So, um, so I, yes, in, in my book, I discussed this. I'm a student at Rentha School of Enlightenment, and I became Jay-Z Knight's, uh, the Great American Channel personal physician. And I became the overseeing physician for the Blue Room, Mercy Blue Room program. So the Blue Room is a novel technology that she invented and patented and uh, that is using ultraviolet um, blue light as well as a sacred geometry uh, and light and sound to uh, provide an atmosphere that insulates people to uh, detach from uh, stress and it creates a healing environment. So what happened in this Mercy Blue Room program is that I was following critically ill, uh, you know, and chronically ill patients that I was um, addressing their um, health issues with um, uh, nutritional supplements, with molecules that had high light value, uh, uh, for example, uh, then also things like uh, cleaning out their artery, detoxifying the bodies through things like chelation therapy, etc. And then these people were also using the Blue Room twice a week. And I, what I was explaining is that in this approach that then uh, addressed every level of the physical ailment up to the spiritual stressors, that were causing this in the body. I have documented many cases of what truly are miraculous healings of people who in the allopathic system shouldn't have lived and, uh, and they did. And so it's been a very successful way for me to help heal uh, people and support them in their healing journey. And so I illustrate this in these cases. For example, I had a lady who's 75 years old. She has had a hemorrhagic stroke and uh, uh, was hospitalized, then was sent home via hospice. She was expected to live two days. She couldn't speak. She couldn't see. She couldn't walk. Uh, and um, she lived. And about a month after hospital discharge, her family brought her to my clinic and at that time, she was wheelchair-bound, just slumped over. And the, uh, I just looked at her and said, why are you here? And she was able to say, I want to live. Wow. Asked her, I said, are you willing to fight for that? And she said, yes. So what we started, we started an IV program. I gave her high-dose vitamins. She had a lot of arteriosclerosis in the brain, so I used chelation therapy to, that helps reverse that. 
We use peptides like epithalon and GHK copper. They, they lengthen telomeres and GHK copper is able to help regenerate the brain. Uh, we used methylene blue, which bypasses any type of mitochondrial dysfunction and gives direct electricity to the mitochondria. And then she also entered the Mercy Blue Room problem. She went to the, uh, to the Blue Room and spent time in this uh, phenomenal atmosphere twice a week. And within six weeks, she started walking with a walker and um, she regained her speech. She regained her sight and uh, was able to communicate again uh, with her family. She's still alive and she's doing exceptionally well uh, and is leading a very interactive life. And to her, you know, it was it was her will up to live that was her spiritual will that that allowed with the help of all of these modalities to to uh, turn things around and to keep her alive and in the bloom she had a profound spiritual experiences of of loving herself her life uh, experiencing love for her children and communicating uh, uh, being able to communicate that and, and how that healed everything and it healed her entire family. It really did uh, because, because uh, you know, all are interconnected. So uh, I, I describe many of these cases where people literally came back from cardiac arrest, from all kinds of things, back to functional life by, by taking just a different view of medicine. I'm using the same stuff that that, you know, regular doctors are, are in, in naturopathic medicine, et cetera, but I look at it differently. Well, that was very obvious in the, um, the case studies that you shared with us, which were very interesting. Um, and you said something uh, that really struck a chord with me. You asked uh, the patient that you just spoke about if she was willing to fight for it. And I did notice that in all of the case studies that uh, that was a real commonality that all of those patients really had such a vested interest and they really had to fight for it. It really had to look within themselves and examine their spirituality. But as you said, they did not give up on, nor did you, on um, allopathic medicine. It was, they, they continued using that and it did, it did work harmoniously together. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, That's a very important point. That. That's a very important point because, you know, I am an internal medicine physician. If somebody needs heart medicine or a blood pressure pill, I'm going to give them that. Absolutely. Right. You know, and they, they do go and, and have their regular treatment. This is just to augment and to help support until we can heal things enough that they may not need uh, uh, be so dependent on certain of these medications, etc. So, uh, I never uh, advocate for people just to, you know, throw their medications out the window. It doesn't work that way. You right. support the body very, very methodically and allow it to heal uh, and then, uh, you know, continue on this, this journey, uh, which is a very intensive journey of physician-patient relationship to monitor that progress to manage the medications, to uh, wean off of certain things, uh, you know, address crisis situations when needed. So I think uh, it, it's all, it encompasses all things. Yes. And I think that's important for 
the readers to recognize and understand. So Dr. Anna, how do you hope that light medicine will impact readers' lives? I, what I am endeavoring to, uh, to do is that I, I really desire that people have more of an understanding how important what we think um, uh, is, is affecting our health and that we cannot look at the body from a mechanical perspective. You know, there's more and more people who are chronically ill, depend on more and more medication. And at some point we have to ask why, where did this come from? Why am I suffering? Because it is, it's all pervasive and we have to take each as an individual that, that journey that is unique to us, you know, your journey is different than anybody else's, but that there is the hope that there is number one support, that there is different views that look at you from a much broader perspective, uh, and that the more you learn about who you are, uh, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and, and how uh, your view of yourself and the world is affecting your health. You can heal yourself. That's there's a healer in every single one of us, and it's about the the connection to our own divine spiritual being. That's all powerful. That has always lived. It will survive this life. That already has the answers, and that that lives outside of time. Meaning, you know, you can't con you can contact your future, which is what I learned at Rumpel School of Enlightenment, and ask it for help. You well, know? Dr. Anna, I think that is the most important um, point that we could really um, end this this wonderful uh, meeting with. Is that the healer is within all of us. Uh, do you have plans for another book and how can readers learn a little bit more about you and Blue Room Therapy and your clinic? Uh, so I, I am planning on, on another book. It's, uh, you know, I have a very busy medical practice. Yes. So how that all pans out. It took a while to write this book. It took I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so, uh, readers can learn more uh, about me and my clinic at www.ammedicalmd.com and about the Blue Room, that's www.bluroom.com. Um, so, I also have a YouTube channel uh, on AM Medical under the name of AM Medical. Uh, and uh, so from my website, the AM Medical MD website, there's also links to different articles and interviews that I've given. So people can find me there. Fantastic. Dr. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Gabby Olzak of The Gab. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.